0: My name is Jerry Bonavia, and I am the executive director of WAVE Educational Fund. The most important thing that I can say here today is that gun violence is preventable, and yet we as a society have failed to prevent it. As a consequence, more than 45,000 Americans die every year, and more hauntingly, Gunshot injuries are the leading cause of death for our children and our teenagers. Our children are being shot everywhere. Our children aren't safe anywhere. In daycares and preschools, our youngest children are being taught to hide under desks or in bathrooms, They're being taught to be really, really quiet so that the bad guys can't find them. They're being taught, as my two-year-old grandson said, to be brave. Some of our third graders, while still learning to tie their shoes, are being taught to tie a tourniquet, being taught to stop the bleed. Our teenagers and young adults refer to themselves as the lockdown generation or more chillingly as the massacre generation. They have never known a time when they weren't being taught to run, to hide, to fight. What does that say about our community, our society? that we continue to allow our children to be in the line of fire. And what does it say about a legislative body that continues to do more to protect the profits of the gun industry than they do to protect our families and our children? Instead of teaching our children to stand up to gunmen we must be demanding that our legislators stand up to the gun lobby. That's exactly why we are here today as a united front, with our partners from the Brady campaign, Giffords, March for Our Lives, the 80% Coalition, Forward Latino, and scores of other partner organizations and residents from all across this state. We are here to thank those elected officials who are ready to do everything in their power to create a safer Wisconsin. And to the legislators who have not yet shed the influence of the gun lobby, we come here bearing a simple yet urgent message, be brave. Be brave enough to protect our families and our children. Thank you. And next I want to introduce Daryl Morin.
1: Thank you very much, Jerry, for your remarks and your leadership. Uh, As Jerry mentioned, my name is Daryl Morin. I am the national president of Ford Latino. I'm a proud uh, board member of WAVE. Um, but I'm speaking to you today on behalf of another organization that came up after we, we, the creation of this wave of gun violence. We see not only sweeping over Wisconsin, but across the country. And here in Wisconsin, we call it the 80% Coalition. And it's called that because over 80% of all Wisconsinites, Republicans and Democrats alike, gun owners and non-gun owners alike, have said it's time for this legislator to put politics aside and once and for all pass common-sense gun violence reform legislation. (laughs) We're talking universal background checks, so a convicted violent felon can not simply go online to buy a firearm, something we've already seen out and play out time and time again here taking lives of Wisconsinites. We're asking for red flag laws, also known as extreme risk protection orders. I can share with you two members of the delegations that we brought here today, of the hundreds that have come in from all over the state to push for this legislation. Two of the survivors with us today, well, let me just say the loved ones they lost would still be here if Wisconsin had a red flag law. And some people will try to make this out to be an urban issue or a black-brown issue. But let me share this fact with you. Gun violence is happening in every county, in every community, all throughout the state. We put together a list of the 12 deadliest counties in Wisconsin, and guess what? There's more than just Milwaukee on the list. So when we go and speak with the legislators today, we're going to make sure they know how gun violence is impacting their communities, their districts the number one cause of gun violence in the state of Wisconsin? Suicide. And that's not happening in the black and brown community. It's happening in rural communities around the state. So we're here today to ask our legislatures to act responsibly, to do the will of the 80% of Wisconsinites who want this legislation to insist this legislation be given a hearing and then brought to the floor for a vote and finally voted on and put into law and signed by Governor Evers. Now, now it's my great honor, um, and this really is a privilege, uh, to introduce our next speaker who takes the rights, and I'm going to say this, I want everyone to hear it, the freedoms and defending those freedoms of every Wisconsinite very seriously and wants to see them protected for everyone, regardless of race, color, religion, gender, orientation, or income. Please join me in welcoming the Attorney General of the great state of Wisconsin, Attorney General Josh Cole.
2: Um, uh, first, thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Darrell. Uh, and thank you to everybody who has come out today. Thank you to everybody who is speaking to your legislators and advocating for common-sense gun safety measures. Um, I want to go back a little bit. The, the day I was sworn into office as Attorney General, um, I gave some remarks uh, at, at inauguration. And one of the things I felt like I needed to talk about as somebody who would be working to make our communities safer was gun violence. Our kids are growing up in an environment that is fundamentally different from the one that I grew up in going to public schools in Wisconsin and our communities in some ways are facing challenges that are fundamentally different. Now, since that time, uh, over four and a half years ago, now we have gone through the pandemic and we have seen a spike nationwide in shootings and gun violence. We have seen, uh, homicides rise, uh, in communities across the country. We need to take action to address the challenges we're facing. Now, my my top priority as Attorney General is public safety. And a lot of my time is spent thinking about how we can work to make communities in Wisconsin safer. And the reality is that there are a lot of things we can be doing to fight crime and to keep our communities safe. But a critical component of working to prevent gun violence and prevent crime in our communities is to put in place common-sense gun safety measures. Let me just give you an example of why the current state of affairs is so dangerous. In Wisconsin, we don't have universal background checks. What that means is that a person can sell a gun out of the trunk of their car to a complete stranger, conduct no background check, and there is nothing that law enforcement can do to intervene. If they see that happening, they can't take action and make an arrest because it is lawful for a private seller to sell a gun to somebody without knowing anything about them unless they happen to know that the person is prohibited from possessing a firearm. That is not safe, that is not common sense, and it is not in the best interests of Wisconsinites. So we need to take action. We need to finally pass universal background checks in Wisconsin. We need to pass legislation that allows for extreme risk protection orders to be issued so that when law enforcement or a family member can show to a judge that somebody is dangerous, that we can take action to keep our communities safe. And it's important to note that we have gone backwards when it comes to gun safety measures because a few years ago, the state Supreme Court issued a decision that made clear that if somebody was convicted of uh, 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 causing a disturbance, um, disorderly conduct, and the the root of that charge was domestic violence, they are no longer prohibited under Wisconsin law from obtaining a firearm. So it is now easier than it had been for somebody who committed domestic violence to get a gun. We need to close that loophole, as well as taking action on universal background checks and extreme risk protection orders, because common-sense measures that keep firearms out of the hands of people we know to be dangerous will make our communities safer. And... Last, I just want to say this. Um, We have heard a lot about fighting crime over the last few years. We've heard a lot of people purport to be tough on crime. To the legislators who are blocking this from moving forward, let me just say this. If you are blocking common sense gun safety legislation from moving forward, you are not tough on crime. So don't claim to be tough on crime. (laughs) It is time for our legislature to finally listen to Wisconsinites and to be responsive not to the special interests or people with extreme views, but to their constituents and pass common-sense gun safety legislation. And with that, I have the privilege of introducing State Representative Deb Androcker.
3: General who has been a stalwart champion for the cause of uh, of, uh, gun safety bills um, and making our state safer. Um, And I also want to acknowledge all of the volunteers who are here today, walking around the Capitol, and the bravery that it takes for all of you to share your stories and pictures of people that you have lost to gun violence. About six years ago, I was working as an elementary school teacher, I was going through some of those lockdown drills and I honestly feel like if everybody had to do that, people my age didn't have to, but if everybody had to experience that, they would take these proposals more seriously. Um, I was working as a volunteer with Moms Demand Action, many of you here in the room, and I was up in the gallery and I watched the legislature gavel in and gavel out a special session on gun safety. And I couldn't understand why my legislators were not listening to people like these volunteers here who've lost a loved one. And so I was inspired to run for office. So I've gone from the gallery to the floor and they still are not listening. Back on June 12th, we introduced our Gun Safe Summer Package. Since then, just in Milwaukee, according to the Milwaukee Homicide Database, there have been 61 people shot and killed. Our inaction as legislators is literally costing people their lives. Some of those 61 people, just in Milwaukee, were children. In Wisconsin, from 2016 to 2019, there were less than 10 children who suffered gunshot wounds. So far, there are 18 in just 2023 firearm injuries are now the leading cause of death for children and teens and we there has been an outcry please take action recently there was a letter from um, peggy troy the president and ceo of children's wisconsin an open letter which said in my 14 years at children's wisconsin nothing has shocked me quite like the increase in the number of children we have cared for with gunshot wounds In fact, the number of children we treated due to gunshot wounds each year more than doubled from 2019 to 2022. There was an open letter also signed by more than 140 of their colleagues. I'll read from that letter. We are sick of living in a war zone. We are sick of bloody gloves. We are sick of sobbing mothers, but even more so. We are sick of empty platitudes. We are sick of indifference. Every day that passes without legislative action being taken to make our communities safer is a deliberate step towards traumatizing us all. There are common sense, evidence-based gun laws that reduce gun violence. Other states, other countries have proven this. Wisconsin, we are asking that you pass gun laws immediately. The onslaught of gunshot wounds is too much for us to handle alone. We need help from gun laws to stop it. We are begging you. How much longer are we going to ignore this ongoing crisis? You've heard the doctors. We need help from gun laws to do it. And we have the legislation. We have three bills that are sitting here waiting for a public hearing. AB 350, AB 352, and AB 368. What we don't have is the political will to come together and make these bills a reality in Wisconsin. So I urge everybody, if you haven't called your legislator, do so. If you can ignore people here in the room, I would challenge you to look in the mirror. We have seen headline after headline with pediatric emergency room surgeons urging new gun laws. We have seen gun suicides reaching 30-year highs. I don't know what it's going to take, to take action. If they won't listen to people from our party, I hope they listen to everybody who will be in their office and knocking on their doors today. It is our responsibility as legislators to pass laws that will save lives. And now I'm going to introduce some of my other um, uh, co-chairs of the Legislative Gun Safety Coalition, uh, Representative Sheila Stutz.
4: Good afternoon. I am State Representative Sheila Stubbs, and I represent the beautiful 77th Assembly District, which is right here in Madison. The district is comprised of the Village of Shorewood Hills, MATC, uh, Madison Campus, Edgewood College, and the flagship University of Wisconsin-Madison. In addition, the UW Hospitals and Clinics. I'm honored to be here with my Democratic colleagues, and so honored to co-chair with Representative Deb Andraka, Senator LaTanya Johnson, and to be here with Attorney General Josh Call. I first want to thank the incredible grassroots organizations, Wisconsin Anti-Violence efforts for the unwavering commitment to ending gun violence in our state, and for inviting me here today to speak in my own efforts to mitigate the gun violence crisis that plague the state of Wisconsin. I would also like to thank all of the dedicated staff, all of the dedicated um, volunteers who dedicate gun violence prevention groups that are here today who took the time out of your very busy schedule to stop by this house. I call it the most important house in the state of Wisconsin to remind us to go to work, to go to work, and to get something done. (laughs) One of the greatest threats to the safety of our communities today is constant unmitigated gun violence. Every day we learn about another tragedy in which a life from multiple lives have been cut short due to the violent use of firearms. Now is the time for us to make a change because enough is enough. And for legislators across the aisle, yes, to join me today on this issue, gun reform is, near, is not merely a political issue. It is a public health crisis. Today, we gather here to discuss the ongoing, heartbreaking, and senseless gun violence that plague our state and our nation. Day after day, our communities are ravaged by gun violence. Wisconsinites are injured and killed. Families and communities lose their loved ones. we lose our sense of security. We lose our peace. We lose our homes. We lose our children. We lose our community. There is no space in our society today untouched by gun violence. From our grocery stores, to our theaters, to our public parks, to our restaurants, to our place of worship, to our children's schools, to our neighborhoods, to our park. Must I go on we find ourselves thinking, when will it be me? When will it be my family? When will it be my children's school? When will it be my church? When will it be my streets? But why do we have to wonder when, when we can stop it right now? These thoughts are not wild, these are not unrealistic. In fact, they are necessary for our safety because we live at a time where we must prepare for the worst. We must ponder the invalible, we must think through these scenarios so that we can take an extra safety precaution. We must make every effort and every aspect of our lives to accommodate the possibilities we will be subject to in the next horrific headline. In Dane County, on average, one resident dies every 10 days from a firearm. Shame on us. And in our communities, it is the BIPOC, our youth who bear the brunt of gun violence. Nationally, death by firearm is the second leading cause of death among our youth. In Wisconsin, black Wisconsinites are 26 more times likely to die by gun violence than our white residents. And black children and teens are four times more likely to die by gun violence than their white peers. But according to Madam Vice President of the United States of America, Madam President Kamala Harris, and I quote, black people are 13% of America's population, but make up 62% of gun homicide victims. These deaths are unacceptable and these deaths are preventable. We are not protected, not yet. Not when we fail to make meaningful change at a policy level. We look at our gun violence and our gun death accordingly and constantly in our communities. We mourn our community our license. We mourn our loss. We grieve with families. We grieve with friends. We are robbed by our loved ones, and we hope and we pray every day that it gets better. But has it? Has it gotten better? No. I stand here today and said it has not gotten better, and yet nothing has changed. But I have hope. You know why? Because the wave is here. Every day we fail to pass comprehensive legislation to end gun violence. We permit, we prevent, and permit another tragic, unnecessary death. I'm here today to advocate for major reform because as of right now, no one is safe from gun violence. No one. Hear me when I say in these words, understand the consequences we face if we continue to neglect this issue. Gun violence is preventable. It is simple. So join me in continuing to advocate for a better today, a safer tomorrow, for a world in which our people can exist without fear and heartache caused by unmitigated gun violence. Let us all make the decision to continue to fight for our lives, for our children's lives, to build a world which everyone and every member of our community is safe from harm and to prevent to preventable. I am honored that I introduce AB 368, a bill that would require a background check for every gun cell in Wisconsin because the time to act and prevent and the, and the time to protect our communities is right now. And in closing, I quote Vice President Kamala Harris who said, and I quote, But let me be clear, we have more to do, so let us continue to fight to make sure that the voices of students and parents and teachers and preachers would not be silent. Let us make sure, let us make sure that the voice of the people will be heard, the voice of the people will not be discouraged, will not be deterred, and will not be tired. This is a call to action because enough on today is enough. Thank you. I'm so honored to introduce one of our co-chairs, Senator Latanya Johnson. 15,147.
5: 15,000. 147. That's how many guns have been recovered from the streets of Milwaukee from 2018 to 2022, with over 80% of those guns recovered being evidence guns. That means that they were used in the commission of a crime. Milwaukee, like many cities, has faced the devastating impact of gun violence. Our community is more than just statistics, but the numbers are staggering, and the impact, from their, and the impact deserves mentioning. Three thousand four hundred forty non-fatal shootings have occurred in the city of Milwaukee from 2018 to 2023. 60,733, that's how many shot spotter activations the city of Milwaukee has seen just from its northern to its southern boundaries. And that's from 2018 to 2022. And I'll repeat that number again, 60,733. Each of those bullets represent the potential to end a life, a forever broken family, causing endless amounts of trauma throughout our community. And we feel it every single day. Red flag laws will allow timely intervention to prevent tragedies. Universal background checks close dangerous loopholes to keep firearms out of the wrong hands. Safe gun storage incentives promote responsible gun ownership by making safes and locks more accessible. It's obvious that these things would help. That is why many of the bills that we're introducing have received bipartisan support and why they have the support of an overwhelming majority of our public. This makes it all the more disheartening that these straightforward, effective solutions are not being given a public hearing. The people of Milwaukee and the people of Wisconsin deserve open, honest discussions and swift actions regarding these issues. For those families who have lost loved ones, and some of those families have been affected more than one time, They deserve the respect of this building to at least give these pieces of legislation a hearing. They deserve to have the opportunity to walk into this building, to sit down in our committees and tell us how this has impacted their lives. But most important, They deserve to have the legislatures in this building care. Now I'd like to introduce Anthony Cooper from Focused Interruption.
6: First, I want to just thank, um, I want to thank Wade for the introduction to, to actually be here today. I thank you for the families that are here today. I also have, uh, I'm in the same boat, right? Um, um, I've lost loved ones to um, violence, lost loved ones to suicide. This is the problem, To what everyone has already spoke up and talked about already. I can go on and on about that and be able to talk about how it is enough. We're enough to, it's, it's enough to keep going through this over and over and over and over and over again, but something that what constantly bothers me and, and really, it, I start to really think about, do we have to wait until it happens into someone else's backyard? Until it happens to someone that who is in office, when it happens in their backyard, then things seems to change. We need to start having these conversations and making the change happen now. You cannot sit up here and tell me that you care about the lives of our community, but yet, when it comes to gun violence, when it comes to, and that's not just in the, the, um, um, the inner city, we're also talking about the rural communities as, as well, we're talking about suicide, anything that involves gun violence, period. We have to do something about it. We know the only way that, that um, the change can actually happen is by being able to change the laws. We know guns are, are, are out there, but what can we do to actually get them out the streets? They hold the power, we hold some of the power because also when, when the vote matters, then everyone wants to speak up about it. Mm-hmm. This is something that is, is, we've been constantly going on and on and on and on about the challenges that are happening in our community, in all of our community. This is our community, regardless if you're in Milwaukee, Racine, Madison, if you're in northern Wisconsin, Oshkosh, or, or, or whatever. This is all of our community. The only way that we're able to really change the things that are going on, especially around gun violence, is that the laws change. That the laws change, and that also that the support is there for the organizations. I'm talking about support for law enforcement. For the, and I'll say it, law enforcement. We talk about um, other community on um, programs. Um, they can they can also support to be able to support our teachers, to be able to support also our um, um our neighborhood um our community centers. Change can happen. So when, I, when when are people actually going to step up and make this happen? Because what's going to happen? Because if we don't do it now, we're going to also end up having the exact same conversation next year, and then next year after that, and the next four years, and the next eight years, until change happens. So my plea, and and and, 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 and matter of fact, I'm begging that change happens now. I'm mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> begging that change happens now. Because the, 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 I'm tired of losing people. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. But, but, so just to, you know, one of the things, we, we do work in the community. Also, we go to the hospitals. The, the hospitals are tired. Mm-hmm. The families are tired. So if you care, or if you truly care and love, we, and this is a, I mean, it's a bigger issue throughout the United States, but we're talking about Wisconsin right now. Mm-hmm. If you really love where we're at, then I'd rather you say, say, say that. Say that come voting time, that you're okay, that you don't really care about gun violence because it has not affected you and your family. Mm-hmm. Say that. Because you don't, you, don't, you don't care about the people that, who are standing right here that are saying that how it's affecting them time and time again regardless if it's directly connected or if someone is connected through their schools or just through their community. Say that. Or just say that, hey, you're far removed from the situation. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Say that because the the whole thing is change happens it has to happen now. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: So first I want I want to thank all of you for being here today. And I also want to say that we have been joined by some family members of victims. And I think that it's incredibly difficult sometimes to share their stories. And and we would like very much for them to feel free to do so here, either at the podium or speaking to the press individually, whatever might feel most comfortable to you. For those of you who would like to come up, please do so and just share your name.
7: Hello, I'm Marlena Banks, and today is actually the anniversary of my brother's murder 27 years ago. You would think after so much time that it would get easier, but I'm here to tell you that it does not get easier. You think of, you know, the nieces and nephews I'll never have. My mom thinks of the grandchildren she'll never have. You know, all the memories we'll never make, and it's devastating. Um, my brother was murdered by someone who purchased a gun, you know, from a private owner, and um, he was an innocent um, a victim of just a mistaken identity. He was driving and someone shot him through the car window, thought he was someone else. Senior in high school, good kid, minding his business. So I'm here to urge, you know, if you have it in your heart, this affects more than just a community, it breaks families. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I just hope that our legislators do care enough to pass these laws that would save lives and prevent the hurt that our family has had to go through. Thank you.
3: I just want to say his name was Tommy Shaw.